0: So we're going to go ahead and get into the word of God, and I just want to see where I'm going to start. Okay, it's going to be a good week. Uh, if you invited a friend this week and you're here for the first time, uh, don't, don't, don't be mad at me. Uh, we're, we're going to get into it, and uh, this is going to be good. I think it's going to be uh, profitable for your, your faith and your journey with God. We're in a series called Let's Grow, and um, it's, it's all about growing in our faith and our relationship with God. And so I think this sits at the core of it, this this topic we're going to discuss today, and I believe no matter where you are in your relationship with God, whether you're a believer or not, you can take these principles and God will still honor them. So we're going to dive into the word and we're going to start out in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, now the children of Israel have since turned from god they're not worshipping god they're not following his decrees and so they find themselves in a strain they find themselves in a strain and so god sends malachi to give them a message of repentance the word repent means to turn or to have a change of mind or heart more specifically in this area god wants to bless them in this area and so he goes and he says this here malachi 3 verse 6 i am the lord and i do not change that is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. I love it. God is faithful even when we are not. He's still there. He still loves. And it says this, ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees. So you've scorned my word. And he says this here, you felt to obey them. Now return to me and I will return to you. If you come to me, I'll come to you. God is saying, you know, it's, it's, it's on you. If you want me, I'm going to come. And he says this here, but you ask, how can we return when we have never gone away? And uh, verse 8, he says this, should people cheat God? This is what God is saying. Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? I love it when we play that kind of game with God, like we don't know where we've been, but he, he knows where we've been. Like, God, what you talking about, man? You you tripping. God's like, no, you're tripping. Like, I see everything and I know everything. The Bible says that when Jesus was in in the world, he knew the thoughts of men. So we can't hide our motives. We can't hide our thoughts. We can't hide our whereabouts from God. God knows where we are. He just wants to bring us to a place where we're willing to admit where we are so he can begin to heal us and set us free. And then he says this here, but you ask, what do you mean? You have cheated me, halfway through verse 8, you have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. The tithes and offerings. And because of this, you are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. That word curse is very interesting in the Hebrew, and if you're taking notes, the word curse there means limited. You're limited in, in your finances you're limited. You you know, you may find some margin. Uh, you may get 500, 1000, some margin, then something happens. And you got to give that up. Something happens to the car, or something in the house, or someone needs something more than you do. So it's like, "Man, I just I just started saving this and you yeah. need it." So you got to give it. He's saying you you can't get your head above water because you won't put the tithe in its proper place. Yeah. And so today I want to talk about being rooted in financial freedom. Being rooted. If you know anything about highlight, um, we don't count anything as taboo around here. We talk about it all. And because um, it's all in the scripture. And so we're going to teach God's word, unadulterated word of God. The average household spends 136% of its income. If you're good at math, that's not good. <laughs> it's like, man, ain't hey, they balling? Like, I want to be like them. No, you don't. They're cents, 36% over. Um, 55% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Um, majority of us, if we had a $400 security, we, we don't have the funds to tap into. Um, 95% of marriages argue over money. Uh, finances are the number one cause of divorce, financial disagreements. Um, the average American spends a dollar and twenty-two cents per dollar. Once again, that's not good. Just seeing if you're awake. Hey, they balling too. No, they're not. Okay, twenty-two cent over. The ratios are off. Uh, Sixty. Oh, this one kind of hit me because um, I, I tend to be futuristic in my thoughts. So I'm like, I need to get on this now. So close to seventy percent of Americans retire making less than $10,000 a year. I think I said month last service, I got that wrong. It's actually a year, I read it wrong. So that's social security, 401k, less than $10,000 a year. If you're a millennial and you're gonna be retiring say around 2050, 2060-ish, they say that we're gonna need anywhere between 2.5 and $3 million to, 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 to be okay, to, to be okay. God can help you. That, that's the point of this message is to don't feel hopeless. It's like, Pastor, I, I haven't even started saving, you know, and I'm 35. It's okay. By God's grace, if you're still around another 30 years, we can, we can work something out. But it starts with the tithe, and that's going to become very apparent here over the next half an hour. 70% of millennials spend four hours of their work shift talking about financial stress. And so I know personally for me, today is not about preaching to you. I'm, I'm actually with you. We're in the same boat. We all want to be free. We all want to grow. We all want to see God's blessing. It's actually about time for this series to end. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. We've been in it eight weeks. I know. So we actually got a brand new series uh, starting at the top of July called The Process. Uh, th- this is going to be great. We're going to journey with Joseph through July and August, and see what what fulfilled vision and dreams look like. Um, woo, the process. So, I personally never saw my parents pray together. Period. Much less about finances. I never saw them sit down to budget their money. Um, I never saw them plan. Um, I never saw them set financial goals. Every January, me and Pastor Kyra, we get together during our 21-day fast, and we go to a bookstore or coffee shop or something, and we just sit down, and we just talk about where we, where we want to be by the end of the year or so. Uh, I was never taught credit, and so as a result, I came into our marriage with terrible credit. Thank God now it's, it's around the average. I'm going to be a little transparent. It's average right now. And we're, we're slowly moving into good, but never thought about credit. So as a result, took out a lot of loans and got some credit card debt, so on and so forth. Uh, bought a car, then said yes to my calling. I had two jobs when I bought my car. Oh, it was great. Then I said yes to going into vocational ministry, and I, I got a part-time job, and it's like, God, you know. So uh, came into, into the relationship with, with debt and, and behind on car payments Just paid that car off in eight months. Just paid it off a year ago. I mean, eight years. And so that was a terrible decision. But um, also, uh, debt and equity. I was never taught God's principles on finances. God has something to say about our financial freedom. He created money. Uh, this This was very interesting. Faith, the term faith is mentioned 250 times in the Bible. Faith. I'm looking for my note. My wife is taking notes. The term love is mentioned 300 times in Scripture. Money or any reference to money is mentioned over 800 times to Scripture. Money is second. It's only second to the term Lord or God which is mentioned 8,000 times in scripture. Thank God. It's funny, there's a correlation between that finding because Jesus, the only thing that Jesus compared God to was money. He said, for man cannot serve money and God, for you will love one and hate the other. So essentially, you can be in church worried about, come on, my girl's over there. She's like, Pastor, you own it. Essentially, you can be in church worried about finances and not worshiping God when you should be worshiping God, who has your finances. We're gonna celebrate right there because he is the God of all abundance. He is the God of your resource. He is the God of your increase. It's only second to God. Jesus himself preached more about money than he did heaven and hell put together. So there's something spiritual here about money And financial freedom is definitely, go ahead and write this down, for your your life, is a God thing. It is a God thing. God doesn't want us to be buried in fear. He wants us to be rooted in freedom. He wants us to be rooted in freedom. First point of the day is this, is that financial freedom begins with tithing tithing now before you tune me out listen up I believe that this is it's just going to be awesome so we're going to deal with what is tithing how to tithe and why we tithe number one what is tithing number one tithing is giving back to God what belongs to him tithing is giving back to God what belongs to him Leviticus 27 verse 30 says this, in an agricultural society, money was agriculture. So he says this, one-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. and must be set apart to him as holy. So, so to translate that modern time, 10% of my paycheck belongs to God. Like, it's, it is his. It's holy. I don't know about you, but I don't want what is his in my pocket? I, I want to give it to him. It's holy. The word holy actually means it's literally set apart for him. But God doesn't force us to do anything. We have free will. So he's really just setting us up to see, man, do they trust me? Um, so the word tithe means tenth, first tenth, or best portion. The word tithe means first tenth. And I didn't say this in 9:30, in but I'm, I'm going to give this to you too. Tithing is testing. Go ahead and write that down. Tithing is testing. The number 10 in the Bible is a number of completion, but more, more deeper, it's a number of complete testing. All right, How many times did, did, did God tempt or test Pharaoh to let his people go? Ten times? How many times, if you read Genesis, did Jacob exchange his wages with people in order to advance 10 times? It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a testing thing, right? So, so when he's saying 10% is mine, it's to see if he can trust you in order to bless you with more. So the tithe is 10th. Is, is Deuteronomy fourteen twenty three, the Living Bible says this. Deuteronomy fourteen twenty three, It says that the purpose of tithing It's to teach you always to put God first in your lives. It's to teach you to always, always, so there's consistency there in our lives. Number two, what is tithing? Well, tithing is biblical. Tithing is biblical. It's not just Old Testament, and it's not just New Testament. It is biblical. It's a biblical principle. And go ahead and write this down. If it is biblical, it is blessable. If it is biblical, it is blessable. If it is not biblical and it is increasing, that means it's increasing through you. And how many know that you run out? And when you run out, your resource becomes limited. But if it is biblical, it is supernatural. God does not run out. Your resource is unlimited. So tithing is biblical. And Because and, a lot of good-hearted believers and followers of Christ will say, well, you know, pastor, like, uh, like I get it. Like, I've been debated about this since college, and it's just it's plain, and it's there. <laughs> it's like, um, well, you know, tithing is, is the law. It's Moses. It's Old Testament. Jesus, Jesus fulfilled the law. We're saved by grace. So, therefore, we don't have to tithe i say, well, you're right, you don't, you don't have to tithe, you don't have to eat, you don't have to exercise, you don't have to love anyone, you don't have to do any, any of the biblical things that bless you. <laughs> you Come on now, I know some money message, y'all like this, y'all, y'all tight, right? Y'all, you get tight when it's about money. Just, but you don't have to do any, any of that. But if we're saved by grace, this sounds like opportunity to give more than 10%. If God gave us, if Jesus gave us everything and he fulfilled the law, I don't want to come to church with $20 or $5 or $10. I want to give the the whole tithe, the the whole tithe. So tithing is biblical. We can go back to Adam and Eve. This was years before Moses where, um, you know, the story when we grow up, we hear about Cain murdering Abel as kids. Like, oh, my God, this is terrible, mommy. Why did he do it? Well, let me give you the context. Um, Cain brought God a crop, and the Bible says in Genesis he brought God some. So he got paid, and he tipped God. Abel brought God the first of his flocks. The Bible says that God accepted Abel's flocks, or his offering, over Cain's. Cain got got jealous, and, and God visited Cain. He says, why are you so upset? If you do right, won't you be blessed? He said, sin is crouching at your door, and that became anger and bitterness towards God because he wasn't blessed, and then he looked at and became jealous of Abel because God was blessing him, and he ends up killing Abel. That's the context of the first murder in human history. It is based upon someone who tithed and someone who didn't. So it's way before Moses, and then Abraham, the father of our faith, comes along. We're here for Jesus, but if it's not for Abraham, we're not here. He's the father of our faith, and so he's on a journey. God is blessing him. God has called him out to start a new nation. His name is Abram at the time, and his name means father figure. Father figure, not quite father. And so he meets a guy named Melchizedek, Genesis 14, 18 through 20. And Melchizedek, the king of Salem and a priest of God most high, brought Abram some bread and wine. This is a foreshadowing of communion. Verse 19, Melchizedek, bless Abram with this blessing. Bless be Abram by God, most high creator of heaven and earth. And bless be God, most high, watch this, who has defeated your enemies for you. I, I worked hard, Lord. I studied. Where did you get the strength? Where did you get the, the mental bandwidth to understand the content in order to make the grade, in order to get the degree? Where did you get the breath in the car to drive to the interview in order to land the job? I, I did it. No, so, so Melchizedek is letting Abram know, like, you're blessed by God. You're advanced by God. You grow through the, through the power and the strength of God. And he says this here, then Abraham, here it is. Gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods he had recovered. Who is, who is this weird guy, Melchizedek? Where well, the Bible teaches that Melchizedek had no lineage. We don't know where he came from. And the, the New Testament, it teaches. We don't know where Melchizedek came from. So a lot of scholars believe that Melchizedek was Jesus in Genesis. This is what you call a theophany. Jesus came down and he became Melchizedek, which was he was a, a priest of the most high God. Look at his title, King of Salem, Jerusalem. The word Salem means peace. Two of Jesus' nicknames is the King of Kings and the Prince of Peace. So a lot of people believe that Melchizedek was Jesus, Mm -hmm. and so he had the authority to bless the man of God, Abraham. No one at this point blessed Abraham but God himself. He had the authority to bless Abraham, and so he gives him a tithe. this man. And so it's, it's, this is 430 years before the law of Moses. So when someone comes to you and says, we don't have to tithe, you, you should say, you're right, but I'm going to because I don't want to miss my blessing. And then we'll go over to Jesus in Matthew 23, 23, where he says this here, what sorrows await you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income, from your herb garden. So these religious leaders, they would, they would, they would set up their dill, their, their cumin, their spices, and they would uh, 9 uh, 10%, uh, 10%, 10%, 10%. And they would bring it to the temple and give it to God. This is salty Jesus. He's like getting real specific. You, you tithe the tiniest. Like he's really emphasizing there's no faith. You're just doing it because it's routine. There's no trust. And then he goes on and he says this here, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith, having a heart after God. You'll actually give more if you had a heart. And he says this, I love this, you should tithe. Yes, there's Jesus's endorsement on tithing. But don't neglect the more important things. Jesus wouldn't teach something that he himself didn't practice. Right. The greatest man to ever live, Ty. I was, I was watching a documentary um, yesterday. I've mentioned his name before here. It's just an in, intriguing story of um, John D. Rockefeller, the, the richest American to ever live, loved Jesus, um, would hold prayer meetings once a week, no, twice a week in a, in a light group. We call them light groups, Bible studies once a week. And um, the, 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 the story is, is that he was, he was raised in a very poor Cleveland home. Uh, and and his, his father, one of his final going out of the door things that he said to John was, son, don't trust anybody. And his father wasn't really in his life. So when your dad says something to you like that, it's kind of hard to trust God. Who you can't see with your finances, or bring the tithe to a church where mortal men control the money. But his mom taught him the principle of tithe when his dad left. And so his first job as a young man, he made a dollar and fifty cents per week. This is back in the early 1900s, late 1800s. And um, would you know, like he, so he became big in oil, standard oil. He, at one point in his life, he owned 90% of the oil industry. Yeah. And today, if we were to translate his wealth, given inflation and everything, he'd be worth $340 billion. That's three times as much as Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon. But he was a tither. And he said this. He said, I wouldn't have been able to tithe on my first million had I not tithe on my first salary of fifty $1.50 per week he, he was a he was a tither guess so jesus died at 33 guess how it all transpired for, for john d rockefeller by the time john rockefeller is 33 years old he's the richest man in the world are we talking about money in church Because it's, it's not taboo. Right, right, right. So, so many of us cannot, we don't want to follow God because we, we think that God is some kind of cosmic killjoy. Like God, follow God, it's, it's done, it's a wrap. I'll be poor, I'll be dirty, I'll nothing. No, no, God wants you blessed. But he wants your heart. He wants your heart. He wants your affection. He wants your mind. He wants your devotion. So in his grace and in his love, he'll give us a principle as to not make it hard. And he'll say, just give me 10%. 33 years old. Go watch it. It's uh, the the men that built America. And and fast forward over to John Rockefeller. It'll bless your life. Let's go to Malachi 3.10. says this here. So, so how, Lord? Well, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. The temple today currently is the church. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you and I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Here it is. Put me to the test. The tithe. So not only does God test us, but this is the only place in scripture where God will tell you to test him. This is, this is, this is serious. And he says this here, put me to the test. And he, he goes on to say, I will open up the windows of heaven. Verse 11, your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Verse 12, then all nations will call you, your influence will call you blessed. For your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. How to tithe? Number one, here it is. You tithe to God through, the, through your local church. You tithe to God through your local church. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 16, I will build my church. I will build my people. And so that, coming from Jesus, that sounds just kind of intangible, right? Like Jesus is going to build it. No, Jesus builds the church with your tithe. I love this Hebrews seven verse eight NIV. Watch this. This whew, powerful, powerful. Whew. Here it is. Hebrews seven verse eight NIV. In one case, <laughs> the tenth is collected by people who die. Whew. But in the other case, by him who is declared to be living. So when the ushers come around with, with their plates in any local church or when you give online, you're giving to mortal men. And, and then it comes up to the leadership and we put it where it needs to go, personnel, budgets, you know, outreach and building and equipment and ops. You're giving to mortal men, but you're also simultaneously, the Bible teaches, giving to Jesus. So when you give your offering and your tithe, you're partaking in the supernatural. So you give it to men, but it's deposited in heaven on your account. Run. Oh, man, y'all missed that. y'all. Yeah. So I, like, I don't know if I can trust the church. That's fine. What they do with it has nothing to do with you. Right. Come on. It's the fact that you're trusting God, and he's going to bless your life. Yeah. Number two, how do I tithe? Number two, tithe consistently. So so the, the church in Corinth I mean they were bursting through the seams. They were good. They were rolling in the dough. And uh, much similar to the state of Maryland. This this is the richest state in the country, Maryland. And and so Jerusalem, the church in Jerusalem, they were having some issues. And so Paul Paul gave them this encouragement. He said this here 1 Corinthians 16:2, "On the first day of each week, you should put aside a portion of the money" you have earned each week so for, for some of us it's bi-weekly I'm getting some nods like yep weekly bi-weekly monthly as as often consistently yeah. for seven years um Pastor Kyra and I we've been even in our engagement we, we've been we've tied we would turn around every other Friday put that thing to the church um, there, there was a season when we first got married, a couple years into our marriage, where um, she was bringing in 75% of our income. And um, I was working full-time work, but I was getting paid part-time at this amazing church that I was at. And uh, we were saying yes to the call of God, but she had gotten pregnant with Judah. Five months into pregnancy, she's carrying too much water. So as a nurse, you're moving, you're lifting, you're, you're doing all this stuff. And so the doctor said, you can't work anymore. Um, if not, you stand the chance of losing the baby or when you give birth, potentially dying yourself. So you, you can't work anymore. So we see in an instant 80% of our finances go out the door. I'm bringing in $500, $1,000 a month. We already have a 5-year-old a and, and a dog, Nemo, Yorkie. And we have one in the oven. And so within a month's time, Chris, PK, and my mom, myself, well, Chris, PK, and my mom, they moved us out because, you know, I'm always chilling. But they, they, come on now, loosen up. They moved us out of our home into your mother's house. And, you know, my mom, she has to pay mortgage, right? You can't blame her. We're bringing four, four mouths in this thing, right? So she, she charges us $500 a month. To, uh, to, to, for her mortgage and she gives us a few months you know it's mom but she can't really do that much so that's that's five hundred dollars in a month for four miles Jesus Christ and everything in me is like I don't know about this vocational ministry thing if this is how it is and so I have a meeting I got to counsel these people because they need prayer and Got to fix this marriage, and this person just lost a loved one. This teenager is going crazy. And it's like, wow, all these lives are being changed, God, but where is the, <laughs> where is the relief? Like, this is heavy. Yeah. But one thing that we stuck to was tithing. And when we got married, we had determined in our hearts to every other year we would increase at 1%. Come on, someone said, mm. So we were giving at 11 Percent five hundred, we fifty five. Couple months into moving, the church increased me to seven hundred bucks. Seventy seven, we bump it up to eighty. I'm like, God, we could we could do a lot with eighty, but we wouldn't touch it. We gave it to the Lord, and and we applied for WIC and food. Oh, pride! Oh, God was. Yeah, you want to be a leader. You want to do something significant. I got to beat this flesh until it dies. You got a big vision? Okay, I'm going to beat it. You got to go through this process. Oh, I can't wait for July and August. I'm going to beat this flesh. But we we held on to it. $80. Wick food stamps runs out in a week. And... um, now, now you know, no feather in our, our caps, it's all been the Lord, just we, we've seen God bless. Now, today, it's, we're, we're given at 13%, and it's, it's pretty interesting. It was so interesting. Oh, I don't want to do the math. That'll be too much detail for you. But I, I, I say this. The only expense that's more than our tithe, well, really our offering, because beyond the 10% is the offering, right? You give an offering, the Bible teaches, just because you're thankful. So 10 is just standard. 11, 12 is, Lord, I love you. You're great. This is faith. So the only expense greater than our tithe right now is our rent. We don't pay more for our car than tithe. We don't pay more for what we eat every other week. We don't pay more. We don't give more to savings. The tithe just continues to just consistency. And so then Paul says in the New Testament, don't grow tired in well-doing. For in due time, you will reap a harvest if you faint not. And now it just all makes sense. If God couldn't, and I'm going to share some numbers here in a minute. If God couldn't trust us with, with 500 measly, 55, 70, 80 measly dollars, we brought in a quarter million as a church last year. We're on the way to half a million this year. He couldn't trust your pastor with a half a million if he couldn't trust me with 500. So if you want him to bless you, You gotta start it now, consistently. Oh, we got paid this week. No, like, get it get it, get it out. (laughs) What are you I was telling my wife the other day, just kind of driving, like God was dealing with us about our eat out budget. It's like I was driving, the Holy Spirit's like, Hey, can I talk to you? I'm like, sure. (laughs) He's like, you know, um, he said, you going over your eat-out budget is like flushing money down the toilet. I mean, think about it. Money turns to food, you eat it, <laughs> and it goes out. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so what, what, are we, what are we doing? I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, because now we're three years in, I'm looking at, And don't. this is not a message because the church, we're in the black, we're in the black, we're in the black. This is why we're able to do so much as a church. And like I said, I'm going to share some of that in about two or three minutes. So we don't need anything as a church. Um, But what I am saying is is that I'm, I'm I'm starting to find trends three years in now, and it's like this month, these two months. So there are four months that this church just is like, and it's typically when the sun comes out. Sun comes out, guns come out, fun comes out, right? And it's like, man, what a tie, that. What a tie. Oh, they use it to pay for their vacation. Ah, they're eating their seed. Okay, it it makes, but so God is saying consistently. Paul said it, the first day of every week. So we got, we got and Abel we got Abraham, we got Moses, we got Jesus. We got, it's all over the Bible, right? So consistently, and, and so our, our heart is, is to one day live on 10% and give out 90. That, that's the goal of that every other year. we may have to speed that up. Every other year increasing it. That's scary. But it's also we want to position ourselves to say, oh, you, you need something? You, we got you. We got you. The next thing is this, and so we've come to find out through this process, just personally, that financial freedom is found in my heart, not in my bank account. <laughs> we've just that's that's just where it's at. And so, without fail, people people have asked me in the past, "What is what is the outcome of tithing?" Been doing it for years, peace. Without hesitation. I can point to testimonies of God just showing up through people and we can do all that, but peace. Whether a little or a lot, there's always been peace in knowing that God is a provider. Red, in the red, in the negative, a lot, a lot. But David says, I was young and now I'm old. Never have I seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. David found out something being a shepherd boy who had nothing to becoming a king that man, even in the tough times, I never lacked what I needed because God is a provider. And this is what I do know. You can't put a price on peace. You, you, You can't put a price on knowing that I'm trusting God, even if we fall in the hole this week. Because he's the one who can get me out of the hole. He's the one who's going to come through. He's the one that's going to bless. He's the one that's going to move. But, but it's the peace of knowing we gave, we gave to God. And, and then it's the peace of knowing that you're in the process of prosperity. So, what does that look like? That looks like this tithe, pay down debt, pay my bills, and I may, I may be in years where I can't save. Tithe. Eliminate debt, pay my bills, saving. Tithe more, no debt, having fun, saving, changing lives. It's the process of prosperity. There's this book written by uh, Ron Blue. I forget the title, but, but he does the ways that Americans spend money. in it's five categories. And that last one there is to give to God or to give to charity. He says that God flips it. Give to charity, pay off debt, and what you come to find out over the process of being consistent, over the process of having peace and finding freedom in your heart, yeah. even though chains may be on your wrists, yeah. is that it reverses itself, right? So you want to win spiritually come on. so that when you, when you have the money, you can enjoy it. There are a lot of millionaires that don't enjoy their money. Yeah. Why? Because they don't have peace and they don't give a thing to the one who it belongs to. So there's this process of peace. I gave it to God, and I'm growing in it, right? So why tithe? Number one, it moves your church forward. First reason. Bring food to my storehouse. I love that. I love it because before God's, said in Malachi 3, I'm going to bless you. He said, bring fruit to my storehouse. So build my house, and I'll build your house. And I I bring fruit to my storehouse. Last year as a church, we gave $26,000 to outreach. We can celebrate that. We're We're almost done. Hang in there with me. We're almost done. This year so far, we're in the month of June, And I always pray it doubles every year. First year we gave thirteen thousand. Last year we gave twenty six. I've been praying for fifty by by Christmas. This year already we've given twenty five thousand five hundred forty nine dollars and ninety two cents to outreach. Yeah, God, God is blessing. He's moving. This is we're feeding people. We're serving those who struggle with mental illness. We're seeing fathers come back home, creating environments for dads to engage their children. You, you, you wouldn't even know how many families came, came last Sunday, just, just especially to that 11 o'clock, and we had a food truck out there. There are a few dads who could not afford to feed their children. So we just, we just gave them blue tickets so that they could eat. That's, that's what your tithe does. It moves your church forward. And, and so God says, Food in my storehouse. We, we send people to counseling. We'll meet with, PK and I, we'll meet with people two times. If we can't do nothing with you, we, we need to get you to a professional counselor. Yeah. We'll, we'll send you to counseling. We're doing the BAK Center, the Betty Ann Cranky Center, where, where uh, women are going through domestic violence. They need a place of refuge, a place of hope. Before we touched that center, it was like a jailhouse, a detention center. Yeah. Now we're going in every room, painting it, putting furniture in there renovating every single room, and hopefully before next Easter, we'll do the entire building. That's, that's, and so they're there, and they're, they're getting the love of God and the love of Jesus in their hearts. That is what your tithe is doing. It's changing people that you don't even know. And so God said, allow there to be food in my storehouse, not just physical food, but we're also feeding faith and encouragement and community and deliverance and hope. We're all being blessed by this. Your tithe pushes your church forward and the last point is this why Tide this one's for you your resource will overflow your resource will will overflow your resource will overflow I got enough time I didn't share this last um, worship experience but I share it here um, It's, it's, it's so interesting. Um, our family, we we were moving out of our town home into our new apartment, uh, in March and, uh, we, we needed a certain amount of money to do that. And it's, it's just crazy. So we had a a friend come over, a very dear friend of ours come over to the house and, um, our, our kids were going to get together in our basement. And this friend said on the way to the house, on the way to our house, this is just this March. They said, uh, I don't know what it is, and, and they started crying as they were telling us. I don't know what it is, but the Holy Spirit laid it on my heart to give you, God, and we needed $2,000 to give you and pastor $2,000. Not the church. You and we hadn't told anyone. We just needed to end our lease and get out of our town home. And, she, and, and they said on the way, the Holy Spirit said, give you $2,000. It, what was funny, this, this individual, as they were crying, they were laughing. They said, I'm so sorry. I only got a 1,000 today, but I promise Wednesday, after I get off work, I'm going to bring the other 1,000. And I'm like, no, don't bring it. But, yeah, bring it, please. We need it. <laughs> and it's like, I see you. And then a month into our apartment, we're just chilling on a Saturday. You know, we're chilling, kicking it. And we, we get a, a cash app. Someone has sent you $600. Just just out of nowhere, I love you and grateful for you and all that you do. Just send it to us. Your your resource will overflow. And, And God, it doesn't matter. God will get it to you through anyone. He'll get it to you through any circumstance when he knows that you trust him and you can be trusted. So there are three people listening to this message today, three groups of people. One are those who tithe. I encourage you, just keep going. Be consistent. Don't, don't you let up. The second group, this may be new to you. Maybe this is your first time you've heard it taught biblically. And it's like, man, church is still money. Look, you haven't heard it taught biblically. And and so faith is springing up in you. The Bible says that when the word of God is preached, faith wells up. So God may be calling you to this. Take that step. And the other group are those of you who used to tithe, but you don't anymore. And God is just saying, re-up. Make it a priority. Because he wants to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. Let's praise God for the word today. Praise the Lord. Yeah. All right. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We give you honor and glory. Give you all the praise, Jesus. We thank you for your presence. God, I pray that you would give us the strength and the boldness to trust you and to put you first. And that as we trust you, we will grow. And not just financial freedom, but we will grow and our dependence on you. You are the God of everything. You own the cattle on a thousand hills. So God, we know that if you have it, we have it. So God, give us the courage to step out on faith and to obey what you're calling us to. Now with every head bowed, we're gonna pray. Maybe you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you need hope, you need a new start, you need forgiveness. Maybe you you know Christ, but you haven't been following him. And you want to come back home. You feel the Holy Spirit calling you back to a place of peace and to a relationship with God. On the count of three, if you're coming to Christ for the first time or if you're coming back to Christ, just want you to raise your hand and raise it high on the count of three. One, two, three. God bless you. Go ahead and put that hand down. We see you, sir. God bless you. Come on, church. Let's celebrate. We got salvation in this place. Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and repeat this prayer with me. Come on, let's do it. Say, Father God, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Forgive me for my sin. I give my life to you. Fill me with your spirit. Make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate. Salvation reigns in this place. Hallelujah!